I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Russell Thornton joins me again. The acclaimed poet recently published a new collection, Answer to Blue. The poems therein are lauded for his imagery, his depth, and, his, and clarity. They're poems that reflect on memory, the natural world, family, and more. I'll ask Russell about his poems, how he writes poetry, and the recent news of uh, one of his uh, previous books, The Fifth Window, going viral on TikTok. Russell Thornton's 2014 collection, The Hundred Lives, was shortlisted for the Griffin Poetry Prize, and his 2013 collection, Birds, Metals, Stones, and Rain, which uh, he was uh, first on the program with, was shortlisted for the Governor General's Literary Award for Poetry, the Raymond Suster Award, and the Dorothy Livesey Poetry Prize. He's appeared in a number of anthologies as well. Answer to Blue is from Harbor Publishing. This will be the first in a number of shows I'll be doing featuring poets, and their collections as April is National Poetry Month. Please uh, welcome back to the Plant Online program, Russell Thornton. Mr. Thornton, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Nice to talk to you again. Bye-bye. Um, I, I was surprised when I looked at the notes. It's been about nine years since you were last on. Yeah, it seems like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I enjoyed our last chat a great deal, and I'm looking forward to, to talking now because I really enjoyed um, this new collection, Answer to Blue. Um, but before we get to the book, you were in the news recently. There's a marvelous story about uh, a previous poetry collection of yours that, that ended up getting uh, talked about on TikTok. I, I assume you're not on TikTok, is that right? No, I'm not. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs> so, Maybe I should be, who knows? But it's fascinating what, what happened there. I guess someone talked about the, the, this uh, collection from 2000, The Fifth Window, mm-hmm. and um, they, they were looking for it. I guess they couldn't find it. They were mm-hmm. curious as to its contents. And then um, you, you got wind of it How? I got wind of it uh, through a, a poet friend of mine in Vancouver whose name is Rob Taylor. You oh, yeah. Heard of him. He, he emailed me. It was probably at least a few hours after the little phenomenon kicked into action, maybe a day or two, I don't know. Um, and he said, have you seen an email? Have you seen what's happening on TikTok with your book? And I'd only vaguely heard of the word TikTok before. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was something on social media, but my daughter was 10 feet away from me. She's 13 in grade 8. I said, you know, you know, what do you know about TikTok? And she immediately said, you know, Dad, don't you even know what TikTok <laughs> is? And I said, well, sort of. I mean, I've heard of it. And so I said, can you look something up for me? And she did. And, uh, you know, I took a look at uh, Marnie's uh, TikTok video yeah. about this book of mine from the year 2000. And it, it, and um, I, I guess you you, you were uh, gracious enough, gracious enough to send her a copy of the book. And, I was, yeah. And then and then it just took off from there because apparently your publisher Thistledown, uh, who published that collection, mm-hmm. they got a bunch of calls or, or requests for the book as well, didn't they? They did, and and the only reason I sent her the the single copy of that book, and I only had two to uh-huh. my name at that at, this, at that point, and I still only have two. I know I only have one, um, was precisely because of uh, what started happening. Um, Thistledown ended up contacting me, and one thing led to another, and the thing kind of kept rolling along. Um, I don't think it's over yet. Um, And so I thought, well, I I better send a copy of the book. My main reason was to dispel uh, this whole conspiracy business that was going on in her head, in the heads of a, a whole bunch of TikTok people. 
But it was also out of, of curiosity because it, in addition to the dream that she'd had about the title of my book, um, she'd had um, there was other content in the dream that had to do with the the details of a couple of my poems. This hasn't gotten out that much. Yeah. And I, I was quite curious uh, in the end uh, as it went along. And uh, so she and I had a, a, a brief correspondence, and we talked about um, other things in her dream and uh, things in my poems. So it got, it got fun and curious. Yeah, it just sounds fun, and, and, it, it, and uh, now I can't wait. So if, if I want to copy that, um, I can, uh, I, I guess, find Thistledown online and, and order a copy now because they've reprinted it, right? There, I think I don't know whether they've actually received the copies of their reprint or not. It, it, it might they might be getting it in, in boxes as we speak. I see. The, yeah. That's the last I heard. Well, let's talk about this new collection, Answer to Blue. Um, there's so many things in the book that I enjoy. Um, I don't know where to start, but um, blue itself. I was going to ask you what your favorite color was because I, I think that when we use the the, the words that that. Um, that, that uh, the words of colors, I should say, or the, the yeah, when we use words like blue, it, it means so much, mm -hmm. um, uh, good and bad, sometimes at the same time. Um, do, do you have a favorite color? I think my favorite color is blue. Yeah. Although I have a, a serious color deficiency, I'm not out and out color blind, but I have a deficiency. It was it was hell for me to pass the driver's test when I was 16, way wow. back when, because I had trouble distinguishing colors on the little test that they used to give you. Yeah. Um, um, so it, it may be a bit of a blessing, because I tend to mix up colors and see all sorts of mismatched things going on that, that are my problem. But yeah, my favorite color is probably blue, and, and several shades of it. Yeah, that's the other thing about blue. Um, I, I know other colors can come in different shades, but blue seems to be the, 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 the color that um, I, I, I was going to say it has the most shades, but that's probably factually incorrect. But to me, it does. Yeah, to me too. Yeah. Yeah, and and the, you know there was no there was no concept in, in the Western world anyway of the color blue until fairly recently in Europe in Western history. Uh, uh, um, that that's kind of interesting. Uh, um, I mean, when Homer mentions uh, the wine dark sea in in um, the Odyssey and the Iliad. Um, you know, he did. He didn't use the word blue. There was no word for blue in the in the ancient Greek that he that he spoke. Um, and even even the word wine there, wine dark, is, is contentious. Yeah. What it, I, I was going to ask you about your reading habits because I, I think that that's uh, fascinating. When when I read this book, um, it seems like you read a lot and a lot of different things. Is that an accurate sort of assumption on my part? Uh, true enough, sure. Yeah. Well, it, it, the, the writing and the reading, I guess they go hand in hand, don't they? I think for any serious writer they do. It, it's, it's inevitable. I mean, poems like, like stories or, or play scripts or, or anything, any literary uh, act, you know, it, they're comprised of words. That's the, that's the substance you're using. So if, if you're not a reader... Um, you don't you don't live in that, in that substance and play with it and have it surrounding you all the time. I, I don't know if you can even say you're a reader. They're like two sides of the same coin, reading and writing. Yeah. For me, I, I'm talking to Matt Rader shortly. Oh, and, well, he'd, I'm sure he'd agree. Yeah, and uh, I noticed uh, in in one of your poems, you you um, use a line from his last collection at the beginning of a poem you've written. Uh, do, do you know Matt? 
I, I do know him. Yeah, we're, uh, we don't see each other a lot or anything. He's in Kelowna, but we're, right. we're old friends. We met uh, a couple of decades ago when... Uh, when he was very young and I was younger, <laughs> um, and uh, he, he's an extremely bright, extremely talented uh, man and writer. I interviewed him for that collection, and um, I, I don't know if I remember that line that you use in Answer to Blue, but but I certainly there are a lot of things that I remember from the, from that collection as a reader, as mm-hmm. a writer. When you read that, mm-hmm. that obviously you, you read that one line, mm-hmm. inspiration struck, did it? Didn't it? Uh, it, it didn't work. It wasn't that way exactly, but that that would be the the, the first um, conclusion I think of anyone who was reading alertly there. But I wrote my poem, and then I read his book. Oh, I see. And I think the the line that I kind of uh, twisted around a little bit and made use of uh, as a at, at the end of my poem and, and used as a as a as a prefatory quotation for it that came near the end of of his book um, about illness and perception and so on. And uh, I, 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 it just fit with my poem so well, I, I couldn't resist to use it as a preface. It's also a little nod to Matt, because I was, I was very impressed with that book. I, I mean, I, the minute I finished it, I went back and read it again. I thought it was a, a marvelous uh, volume. Yeah, it, it, it reminded me um, how memorable it was. Um, which sounds funny, but I mean, uh, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, of course. It, it, it. Um, you're absolutely right. I remember I, uh, the, the book was sent to me, you know, mm-hmm. as, as uh, you know, books are sent to me by publicists asking if they'd come on, and um, I remember looking at it and and I agreed to the interview before I read it, and then when I read it, I just remember how impressed I was and and how um, um, impressed is not the right word because it, it, it's it's a wonderful book, but. It, it got me thinking about other things, and as as did your book, because um, when, when I was thinking about Answer to Blue, um, I, I wondered about you, and I wondered about your, your background, say, what, the, the line of work that your dad was in, what your mom did for a living. Hmm. Um, b- because you do, you, yeah. you, you do talk about them in, in a number of poems in the book, mm-hmm. and um, the... the um, there are connections, aren't there, to to um, generations? You mentioned your daughter a moment ago, who's in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think these these traits are passed down generation uh, by generation, almost unknowingly by us? I think there are operations at work in the genetic realm. Let's call it, for lack of better vocabulary, at the moment, that are they're unfathomable unfathomable and, uh, and and simply beyond us. You know, it's like uh, Horatio, uh, Hamlet says in Horatio, there's more um, in heaven and earth than is dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. Well, it's the same thing for me with, with what's passed down from generation to generation. Um, I, I think it's, it's a huge mystery, and for me a very essential mystery, too. So you, it, there's one poem in particular where, you, where you're sitting in a library and you're, um, there's one of these newer libraries where um, right, yeah. the, uh, the, the, the ventilation system, the, the piping and all that is exposed. I guess I, I love the line, industrial chic, which, which I, I think a lot of places are built as now, even apartments. Yeah, it's a cliche now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that that, that, that was the, the line of work that your father was in. Were your father's father as well? 
my father's father uh, was was a mechanical engineer. I see. Uh, and immigrated here, and uh, slowly went from being a, I guess, a laborer, sheet metal worker, uh-huh. to establishing his own uh, uh, aluminum and plastics and fiberglass company, which became an engineering firm and an architectural firm. And uh, by the time he was, I guess, he was in his 40s or 50s. And so early in his life, when, when he first came to Canada, yeah, he was installing a lot of those those heat ducts and, and all sorts of things out of aluminum uh, everywhere. I think he, his bread and butter was heat ducts. Uh, his his own son, who was my father, um, got my mother pregnant when, when they were 15. And so uh, they had to get married very quick. And so my father immediately went to, was put to work by his own father, you know, in a succession of factories that his mm-hmm that his father, my grandfather, owned from here across B.C. and Alberta. So, yes, my father did some of that work yeah. as well, but my father became a, a draftsman and a, an architect. So, so the, 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 you obviously didn't go into that line of work, did you? No, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the thing, as I was thinking about, as you, were, as you described, sitting in that library looking up and looking at all these connections, these, these fittings and the sort, um, they were primarily uh, concerned with connecting things. Yes. Um, as a poet, you're doing the same, aren't you? You're connecting feelings to words, ideas to memories, and, and making it all readable in a way. Absolutely. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, it, it, it's funny how, speaking about traits, which you just mentioned, I mean, maybe... Um, things are handed down to you that, that simply and, and inclinations and, and ways of doing things mentally and emotionally and intellectually and so on. Uh, maybe they just take different forms. Um, they, they were in, the, in the, the work of connecting disparate things. And yeah, um, I see that as a poet's job too. They were also in the job of creating, they were also architects of, of a kind, yeah. uh, formally and informally. My dad was also a visual artist. But they were very concerned with, with design and with form and pattern and shaping things. And, I mean, I think that's much of what a poet does. You know, you, you, you play with words and shape them and give, give them design on the page. So I'm probably doing much the same thing, really, just, in a, just off to the left or to the right of what they did. The first thing I do when I pick up a poetry collection, and I did this with, with um, Answer to Blue, it was, you know, as, as everyone does with books, whether, whether they're poetry or nonfiction or fiction, you just sort of flip through, you know. Yeah, and, sure. And you, I mean, often that's it. That's all I do. <laughs> I put it down after that. Yeah, and then you look at, um, you, I, I'm looking at, you know, sort of blocks of text. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking at very thin, so, uh, I don't know how to uh, describe them. They're sort of, um, some of them, you know, the, the, the sentences are longer mm. or, or shorter. And so, yeah, there is a there is an eye to design when you're doing this. Um, do you start on paper? Or do you start it right on the screen? I, I always start on paper. Yeah. So do you I, see do you see it as it's almost uh, what it looks like physically? Yes, I do. Um, and often, what happens for me is uh, I'm given something uh, without meaning to sound mysterious, I'm given something. It may be a short line, it may be a long line, or it may be a, a little sequence of sounds uh, that's somewhere in between long and short. And I, I listen to it, and I, I test the integrity of it in my, in, my, 
in my system, my, my biochemical system, if you will, how I feel about it. And then I, I usually try to be faithful to it. And so if I hear something that has a, a shorter line, the poem will probably end up having shorter lines all through it. Uh, without being dictatorial about the process, I, I, I've found that if I'm, I'm faithful, so to speak, in that way, the, the poem usually unfolds in the way that I figure after I've done it that it was supposed to unfold. That moment, Russell, when you're given something, um, because I've, I've heard writers talk about this, you know, that something compels them and, and they, they just go with it. Um, so, some writers describe that as a very inspirational moment, an exciting moment, if you will. But when, when, you, when you talk about it just as you did in testing it and, and, and thinking about it uh, critically and, and um, rethinking it as, as writing is often, um, is, is that always fun? Or, I mean, it, it can be work. Um, can it be confounding for you? It can be, it can be quite confounding. Um, it can also be fun. Um, I, I wouldn't use the word inspiring or, or inspirational. It's, it's more just a, a pleasure, a satisfaction, mm. a feeling of fullness. Yeah. Um, but after that initial feeling, um, it can be extremely disappointing because I won't know what the hell to do with it or, or where to go with it. Um, at other times, I can just write the thing out in 10 minutes and it's done. Most often it's between the two, and it's just a lot of slogging. I mean... Uh, I don't know what other poets or, or, or fiction writers say, but, but um, it's, it's when I have to bring all my resources to bear to, to uncover just what on earth this thing that I'm, quote, given uh, wants to happen. And uh, often I feel I'm not up to the task. I don't have the words. I don't have the imagination. I don't have the brain power even. I, I just don't have what it takes. So I sit with it and see what happens. And, you know... Fairly often, something happens, and um, when I can't go any further with it, I leave it. Either it's good or it's bad. I let other people decide most of the time. Are you one of these writers who, who, who in in the act of leaving it, would probably put it in a drawer somewhere and come back to it another time, maybe? Yes. Yeah, I, I do like to salvage things the best I can. I mean, if I if I get just too frustrated and too disappointed, and I just put it away, I might I might take it back out. In a, in a year or even more, even several years, and take another look uh, with another pair of eyes, which is inevitable because I'm that much different as time goes by as a person, and I take another look at it, and I might be able to make something out of it. And then so when you're working on it on paper, um, do you take it to the screen sort of, as we would read it in a, once it's published, or, or do, you, do you work on it as well when it gets to a screen? I, I do work at it on the screen. What I do is um, when I'm satisfied I've got something that's sort of like a poem on the page, then I type it up, mm. and it becomes a document. And I look at it on the screen, and I print it up, and then I make notes on it, and I make changes in pencil or pen. <clears throat> And then I go back to the screen and make those changes again. And that, for me, that's, that's a process. I might go through that a, quite a number of times until what I've got on the screen on that document satisfies me, and then I leave it. Then it's done. Yeah. And then um, what is it like to, to, say, pick up a copy of Answer to Blue and, and reread some of the stuff? I, I don't know how many readings you've been doing at this time, but um, th that's something that poets have to do in promoting the book. Do, do you... Um, 
Do you remember where you were sometimes? Do you think about how long it took to write that one particular poem <laughs> as opposed to another, maybe? I often think about where I was and, and the, the little personal experience behind the poem. I don't think too much about the, uh, the construction of the thing, but I, I do tend to remember the, the feeling that it came from, which sometimes for me stretches into mystery or stretches back to a, a particular bio, autobiographical event sometimes. A whole, a whole package of, of origins will occur to me. Um, I, I, I don't do any promotion. I, in fact, I, I stay away from it as much as I can. I mean, I haven't read any of these poems in this book publicly yet. It's a combination of the whole COVID sure, thing. Yeah. But also just my inclinations. I mean, I, I, I can't stand launches. I, I don't, I don't really enjoy any of this stuff. I just, it just, every, every poet's different. I'm just someone who, who enjoys the writing, and I get a big thrill out of seeing the, the, the artifact. I mean, um, I, I really do. Mm. But I look at it for a while, and then I, then I put it away, and I'm off onto the, the next thing that I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, there are a number of po poems in this collection about your mother. Um, you you write about her 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 last days, right? Um, in a number of poems. Um, what do you think you're trying to understand about that process in life? And I, I don't know why I'm asking this uh, now. Well, I think I know why I'm asking this now. It's because I, I attended a funeral the other day of a friend of mine, and um, you know, naturally he was the same age as I was. So naturally, I'm thinking about these things in you know in, in my context. Um, your mother was older than you, but. Um, I get the feeling that you're you're looking for something as you're writing about her. Oh boy, that's that, it's hard to respond coherently to that. It's just such a great comment and question. Um, death, to to coin a phrase, is one of the big mysteries. As is birth, as is love, and uh, I, I've always been attracted to the most elemental topics in poetry, and in fact I have very little patience for, for much of the subject matter of poetry around me if it doesn't get down to elemental realities. And death is, is uh, one of those realities that I, I can't ignore. I've experienced a lot of it in my life uh, among family members and friends. And uh, my mother's death shook me um, at, on so many levels. And because my way of, of framing my experience happens to be poetry, that's what I automatically do. I try to throw words at it that somehow or other put a frame around it. The thing for me is that once I do try to put a frame around it, once I do try to not control it, but, but possess it in, in some way, um, um, hold it, let's say, yeah. um, then a chemical react, a whole set of chemical reactions starts take place, and they have to do with exploring, I think, exploring uh, that reality. And that opens up a whole other set of perspectives, which uh, is fascinating for me. I mean, what is death? What does it mean? What do we do with it? Where's the person now? They're here, they're gone. All sorts of things just kick in. And I think that's probably, in a nutshell, what was happening with a lot of poems about my mother there. So then are you seized with answers as a result? Uh, no. Uh, I, I, any answer to me, uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, acutely philosophical, any answer is inevitably 
a question that returns to yeah. you, yeah. Uh, just uh, with a whole different coloring, let's say. Um, so no, I, I, I would never pretend to have any answers, but I, I certainly am, get some solace about rephrasing endlessly yeah. the yeah. questions. Yeah, I have to say that I, 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 um, I can read a million books about a subject, mm-hmm. um, something that I'm concerned about personally. And I, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, I, I do come up with more questions. I mean, I'll ask you, I don't know how many questions I'll ask you in the course of this interview. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll probably, as, as I say goodbye to you later, um, have just as many questions, more more questions. And, and I think, but, but the, the process of going through it and thinking about things, mm-hmm. especially things that, that, that um, you'll always think about, because we'll always think about death, you know, naturally, um, we're better for it, aren't we? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, oddly enough, I think it helps you to live. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, that's odd, yeah. like so many things are in life. Death helps you to live. Your experience of, of losing other people helps you to live. Your experience of being in utter darkness um, without any reference points um, helps you to live. The, the process that you're going through, um, thinking about death as you do, um, is leavened, isn't it, by the happy memories of, 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 of a life that, that you, you remember in the course. I mean, you talk about Smitty's Burgers, for example. <laughs> um, I grew up in Vancouver. I don't. Uh, is Smitty's a thing on the island, or is it in, in, primarily in Alberta, or...? Uh, no, it, it's, it, it wasn't a chain. It was just a, a hole-in-the-wall place in North Van. I see. In the lower reaches of what was then a sort of a, a grimy uh, lower part of North Van back then. Um, it, it was an independent guy named Smitty. I see. And he had a little hole in the wall, and he sold, you know, rubbish. <laughs> but, but, it, but, but it's that sort of stuff. That, that you remember all these years later, and then you, you contrast that with, with taking your, your, your kids to, say, diner food, which is now retro, isn't it? Um, which they, that's not their, their sort of diet, is it? I mean, they're, they're no, no. Whole Foods people, right? Yep. Well, I, <laughs> I've done my best to turn them into Whole Foods people of a kind. Yeah. Um, but, but you still like that because that, that uh, the diner food still, um, it has has great uh, memories for you, doesn't it? It it does, you know, and um, it, it 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 calls back the whole world of uh, of uh, what I experienced as a, as a young kid with you know three siblings, and we often had an additional kid that my mom took in off the street or something. So it was usually about five kids we had a single mother, and uh, believe me, we did not eat. Well, <laughs> you know, we went down to Smitty's Burgers, and that's what we did. But it had its it has it had its blessings, and I was trying to get at that in in the poem. Yeah, yeah, it made me think about all the things that that um, I like now as food, uh-huh. I don't like as food, and all those things are formed when you're that age, or is you know when you're when you're a young person and you're trying to figure out what you like and don't like, and uh, it's funny how some things change and some things don't. Some things don't, and it, and also for me, it's it's enthralling 
for a couple of minutes to look at how your your earliest life spins out into your adult and middle-aged destiny. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you can't predict any, any of this stuff, really, but when you look back, you see that so many of your inclinations have this little circuitous history that goes all the way back to just little moments in time that, you, for me, I, I, I relate to family origins. Yeah. I'm interested in these elemental things. And, and you have to look back. I mean, as, as much as we'd like to think that we're always looking forward to the future, you have yeah. to look back because otherwise if you don't, it doesn't make sense, does it? It doesn't. In fact, in fact it seems to me that it's, it's impossible to make sense. Yeah. yeah. You know? Likewise with human history in a, in a much, much wider community. Right, yeah. I mean, people will, and let's just say culturally in, in the West uh, more than anywhere else, this idea that looking back or looking both ways uh, don't really matter, and what's important is uh, what's new now and what sells now, and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, look where it's leading us. My, you know, my yeah. God. Yeah. There's a line, Russell, in one of the poems that, that that I've been thinking about several days now since finishing it. Um, a childhood repeats like seasons. I, I, I wrote it down, and I should have written down the actual quote, but that, that's the gist of it. Um, what does that mean? I, I, I keep thinking about it because I'm wondering, does um, the memory of childhood repeat as we go on, or or does it work like seasons, like where there are four sort of four aspects of it that, that we go through in, in childhood? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, my instincts tell me that we 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 endlessly repeat um, essential experiences as writers anyway. Maybe a, a, maybe all individual human beings do as well, but we endlessly repeat uh, the same experiences over and over, uh, like the seasons repeat over and over. But we do it at different levels, and of course at different times of life. We, we, is obvious enough that's a different level but the levels are what are, are mysterious to me i mean if i uh if i'm repeating experiences i had when i was seven now i've got kids who well they're a little bit older than seven now they're they're 10 and 13 and i, and I have a an older daughter who's 24 mm -hmm. um doesn't live with us anymore but uh how does this relate to them and, and my experiences with them, and how are they joining me, or how am I joining them, and how am I experiencing this whole this whole business of what I went through when I was seven? How am I? How is that going on in the context of me being a parent to them? Um, I I keep seeing these circles going around and around, but at different levels of life, and it, it's a mystery to me. It's a mystery to me. And in the in the poem that the, I think you're referring to, I was trying to explore this. It wasn't that I was abstractly coming to it and deciding to write about it. Uh, it was rather that I was with my with my kids on on, on bicycles, and uh, we went along a street where I used to live once, and I hadn't been there in thirty years. And it just all came to me. I was re-experiencing what it was like to be six again or eight, and I was with six and eight-year-old kids, and it was just just weird, just weird. Weird, exciting. It's all. It's life itself, isn't it? It's and and 
that, that's the thing that I kept thinking about is, 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 is as I saw that line and I've been thinking about it since, um, it, it can work in whatever way you want it to work, if you will. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it certainly can. But to think that our childhoods are, are gone yeah. is absurd. Right. We're, 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 we're reliving our childhoods every, every second that we live our, our adulthood and our, even into our old age. Um, and we mustn't lose that, because a lot of people do lose that. They lose that sort of imagination that, that, that one had at a younger age. Even if, even if experiences at, at, a, at a young age are painful, yeah. they're still sources of incredibly deep imagination for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing, there are a number of poems in the book where um, animals take on human characteristics, uh-huh. um, <laughs> inanimate things. You know, through yeah. garbage in a dumpster, for example. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, the natural world, um, um, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, we take on the, the you know we, we just talked about our, our childhood and seasons. That's a natural phenomenon, and and I think we, we experience it ourselves as, as human beings. Um, everything's connected, isn't it, with you? There, there, there's no separating. The, I mean, we we can learn from everything. Around us. I mean, I, I think when I the last time you were on on, on the show, we talked about place and, and what place right. means to you, and 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 I guess you can't separate the two, can you? I mean, we grow together, don't we, with with whatever's around us. I think so, I, and I think the human ima- imagination refuses, on a, on a really deep level, to cut these separations, uh, to 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 reinforce the. These, uh, these huge separations. It, it just refuses to. It's constantly agitating in a, in a positive way to do the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I, we were just talking about seasons a moment ago. I mean, we, we've had the, the last four seasons of living here in Metro Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, the summer was pretty brutal. The winter was pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sort of run parallel to how a lot of people's lives are. Yeah. And there's a lot of wisdom there. I think that, that, that uh, even when you talk about going, you know, going out into to where you live there in North Van and seeing, you know, the woods, and um, you obviously find um, not just comfort but but wisdom too, right? I do. I've lived in a, a lot of other places for extended periods of time, but I, I did make a pretty conscious choice to kind of come back here for the last decade and a half and, and sort of stick here. And that is one of the big reasons, yeah. uh, precisely because the natural world is, is uh, right outside your window in a way that it, it's not in most other urban or semi-urban suburban settings. It, it just isn't the case in, in many places in the world. And uh, wisdom is probably the right word. It, it, that, I mean, people might argue that that might not be the right word, but for me it is. I mean, the natural world, that, that, that green and black uh, world right outside my window, and that lit world as well is 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 uh, if not the source of wisdom, um, a big source of wisdom right in front of me. Mm. Russell, can writing poetry be taught? Uh, that's a hard question to answer. Um, would depend on what you mean by writing. Something acceptably publishable? Yes, that can be taught. Yes, yeah. I don't. I don't have any question about that. 
can aspects of craft uh, be taught? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, can what's deep inside uh, a story or, or, or a good poem be taught? No. And the, the reason for me is it doesn't have to be taught. Um, all human beings have a poem or a story in them, or many in them. It's just the most, for me, it's the most natural thing. My, my job, as I've seen it, is to try as best I can in my own uh, psyche to, uh, to retrieve that natural ability. Yeah. I guess we all have some, something in us, and, and, oh, yeah. and it just needs to come out somehow, and, and in, in your case, uh, for poetry. Is that the, the best way, you think? It's the only way for me. Uh, is it the best way? Well, gee, I don't know. There's a magic to a, a pure story that, that I would, I'd be the last person to deny or ignore. Um, but, I, you know, I, poetry is something magical for me, and so I'd al- I would always opt for it as my favorite reading, my reading preference. As for what I try to do myself... I don't know how these things work. There's just something about about poetry. I guess it's less a, sex, a social document than than, than than standard conventional fiction is, and, um, and more of a I don't know philosophical or metaphysical document. And I, I I think I'm probably more attracted to to the to the latter, and so poetry attracts me more. And it's more to do with images and, and music and metaphor, as opposed to to fiction, which is a little bit different. Um, they both overlap, of course. But yeah. for me, it's poetry in the end, nothing else. It's, it's the one. Have you uh, written fiction before? Yeah, I have. I've written a fair bit of fiction, um, but I, I keep it to myself. I've only written fiction when the, when the, when the poetry for me has flagged. And uh, it, it has flagged here and there, or I've been so taken up with mundane obligations, you know, jobs and things mm-hmm. that I, I just couldn't get myself into the space uh, to open up to, to to poetry. So I I just you know for 20 minutes a day I'd write prose uh, and, and you know, fiction. Uh, but those are, those times have been few and far between. Um, poetry still has still grabs me daily, yeah. and I'm still trying to, to write a decent poem. Uh, hopefully one day I will. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, there are a couple of decent poems in this collection, I must say. Um, Russell, I. I I've enjoyed chatting with you again. Um, I hope it's not another nine years until, until I talk yeah, to you again. Yeah, me too. And um, congratulations on this book and, and continued good luck with it. All the best. Well, thank you, Joe. Thanks very much. I, I love your questions and your comments. I, I'm, I'm just remembering right now how, uh, how, it, uh, how it startled and uh, startled me and satisfied me nine, nine years ago. Your, your, uh, your, your comments are just great. You're very kind. Thanks, Russell. Okay. The book is called Answer to Blue. It's uh, from Harbor Publishing. It's uh, author Russell Thornton joined me on the line from here in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planto.